Welcome back. This is Exist Magazine, Unexpected Midwest Culture and Lifestyle Podcast. My name's Johnny. I'm the host. Today we're going to be interviewing uh, Stephen Baer, talking with him about his creative process and uh, what he's projects he's working on. Stephen's a friend of mine. Uh, been friends for a while, and uh, really excited to uh, see what he has to say. So let's get started, and uh, here we go. We'll uh, see what Stephen Baer has to say on here on a Exist Magazine podcast, Unexpected Podcast. I forget it starts with the metronome on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, welcome back. This is uh, Johnny with Exist Magazine. We're here with uh, Stephen Baer, who is a friend of mine. He's also involved in too many projects to remember. (laughs) So many things going on in Stephen's life right now, and it's so exciting that you're here with us. Glad, Glad to be here. We got our uh, our coffees from across the street over at the living room. Delicious. I always go with the latte. Steven goes with the uh, Ethiopian brew, right, just this straight, morning? Just the V60. Just the V60. The, just I don't know. Coffee. I'm not a uh, coffee connoisseur by any mm-hmm. means, so I don't know what a V60 is, <laughs> but I got it. I ordered it. Sure, yeah. I got the right one. Nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, we're enjoying it. Yeah. Thank you to the living room for that, <laughs> and uh, and here we are now. And Stephen is a musician. Mm-hmm. He's an artist. He's a creative mind, and <laughs> one of like the most inspiring creative minds that I know. Thank like, you. I it's it's hard to I would never rank any of my creative friends by any means because sure. I feel like I just keep the best friends. I got the best friends. Yeah, yeah. I love my friends. I love that too. I think that's the way you got to go about it. Yeah, there's no ranking. You just keep the best people mm-hmm. around you because they're, they're always the best. Yeah, there's they're it's like oh I've got like this is my top five. I'm like no there's there's like a top tier. I have yeah. a top tier of friends. <laughs> yeah, it's just it. It's yeah. just no there's no bottom. It's just a top. Well, I feel like I want that description on a card. It is like musician <laughs> artist creative mind. Yeah, so that's very like yeah yeah or my tombstone or the other tombstone yeah for sure <laughs> he was a creative mind yeah and then your brain will get saved by this time we'll have the technology yeah so your your brain your creative mind will be still used to be creative and probably like implanted in a llama or something yeah i'm excited about it yeah science science yeah <laughs> so um Steven and I met back in the day when I played in Sing Me a Fiction, mm-hmm. and you're uh, one of our first of many guitar players. Yeah, of like, of like the rotating cast between albums. Yeah. Um, yeah, for about, it was about six months. Played some good shows and some uh, VFW halls. Some sweet VFW hall so shows. So fun. Uh, got kicked in the, were you at the show? I was at the show where you, you got were, kicked in the, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> that's one, that's actually one of, that's probably my favorite moment of Sing Me Fiction. <laughs> Uh, is that show in a, as a whole, as an entirety, that show is uh, is phenomenal. Oh my god, that was that was great. That yeah. was great. <laughs> well, it wasn't. The show itself was great. One because it was like that Halloween show, and uh, I bought that pirate outfit, but I I didn't try it on until we got there, and it was the tights were a little tight, and I was pretty sure I was going to get arrested for. <laughs> Indecent exposure. <laughs> so I made Adam drive me to Walmart. To some Walmart. We had to find one. And I bought sweatpants. So I could wear over my tights. <laughs> we played the show. And then and then you got straight just kicked. Roundhouse kicked. Roundhouse kicked. Like, yeah. This guy, like, 
I hope he was good in martial arts. Mm-hmm. So that way I can say, like, I got kicked by a badass martial artist at a yeah. fucking at a <laughs> metal show in <laughs> VFW Hall in Illinois. <laughs> I think it was a, I think it was a, I think he was probably fighting above his pay grade. And I think at the same sense, <laughs> just having to be right time, right place. Yeah. Or wrong time, wrong place, depending <laughs> on how you want to look at it. And, like, that was when I was first getting into, like, uh, progressive rock and all these different genres. And, like, I was like, I fucking love this band. And I was going to go up and, and quote, unquote, mosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a bad idea. And just got a rocked. bad idea. I just remember being at the merch booth, seeing you walk out of the venue <laughs> and Nick follow you. And then um, thinking, like, I should probably walk out there and see what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Gather some intel on on how on your status <laughs> <laughs> but you've been in many uh bands or a handful anyway yeah and, uh, probably i mean at this point too many yeah um that's not feathers mm-hmm. uh i did that bye bye blackbird uh union tree review brotherly and the leather jackals um much in the same to sing me fiction just sort of a a, a rotating cast guitarist but um lovely You're, lovely people you're like the um the one man, um, what was the wrecking crew? You were like the one man wrecking crew. <laughs> Stu- not as, not as prolific, but I. <laughs> in, but instead of studio, you're like live performance. Live so just call me in and, or bass. <laughs> just that's call like, Steven. That's like was a union tree review. Same thing. I stepped in at the last like eight months of that band and played bass for the for the remainder. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I feel like that's all the bands, but I know there's got to be like more that I've jumped in with. But I've always been doing bands. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's just been our thing since i was like award-winning 15. bands too yeah i've, I've won a few won a few awards a little, i mean yeah you know like you won uh best folk band for being in dots not feathers on best best new artist best folk band best indie pop band um so basically anything you touch turns to gold no, <laughs> <laughs> no i i mean all you know it's it's rft awards uh, i didn't win a grammy but i i'm you know it's, it's cool yeah sure i like no right i get i get I get stoked on it. You put it on it. your resume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your music, your musical resume. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. Thanks. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I've been very lucky. I've been lucky to play with really good people as much as I want to be like, Oh, well, I, you know, I play a ton of these things. I like just have a lot of really talented musical yeah. friends who allow me to like have creative space within uh, a creative union. Yeah. And St. Louis like hides a lot of that talent, and mm-hmm. and we don't realize like a lot of people don't realize it. I mean, it's, there's because I mean within the media and the and the media outlets that we have here, it seems like it's there's a certain focus on certain things, but but St. Louis is just full of it, and there's no nobody to to get to every corner of it. Yeah, it's 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 difficult. I I mean, I even find it difficult yeah. at times to to do. I I try to force myself to be a little bit open to going to any kind of show or mm-hmm. just trust my own ears a little bit if i hear a band i really like then just be be about it the last show we went to together was uh the was hop along was hop along yeah we went yeah. saw hop along um who else played that show choir vandals played that show yeah good local band yep um, i know uh will and uh oh what's will's last name he's a drummer he used to be a uh he used to work at iron age tattoo i, I know micah from choir vandals but yeah that's uh, a good band yeah yeah they're they're a solid group um i like going yeah shows are it's important to go to shows this is what i stress to people yeah. is like just go to shows 
that most of the time it's like doesn't matter what show just go just to go show. to a show it's fine like you can pr- pretty much pick a venue any any weekend night and there's yeah. gonna be live music and weeknights i mean like i uh i i find that most of my my giant inspirational moments or breakthrough inspirational moments of my life have come at shows in the midst of a show where i was like oh this is now i feel like i've i understand some greater revelation of life has has been at a show i i basically got back into playing in bands again because of a show that i went to and was like oh like yeah i want to do that what show is that i saw yaoi at foam uh is it's literally like what it's it's in my one of my favorite shows i've seen in a hot minute uh in general like local band or not amazing what uh kind of music do they play um how do i describe it it's it's kind of it's sort of noise experimental mathy okay bonkers so kind of in like come with uh is that what what yeah yeah, yeah like that's yeah. what yeah like that's what, right yeah that's what i'm going right now with uh with what's the new project called necessities necessities um yeah that's well that's for right now i mean like we're like 99 percent sure it's necessities it's one of those things that like i like it band names don't matter but they do and it's hard to say what your band name is going to be until you're like have to put it to paper that's when you're like okay fine so until it's on paper it's 99 but uh generally it's going to be necessities we all kind of like necessities That's, it was almost jody foster child that was the other side was jody foster child. <laughs> which is a band name i want to put on some band at some point <laughs> in my so life funny. That's gonna be a, jody that's foster be a... child i love that name jody foster child uh i have a bunch of like celebrity pun names that i think <laughs> are just like gold is there one you got one for kevin bacon right we had one a while ago. We used to make it. We had a big board of celebrity pun band names <laughs> at at Dolphin World, and uh, we like just Dolphin World. What's Dolphin World? Uh, the, oh, the Hill House, where, yeah, where the, you guys practice? Yeah, with uh, with like uh, Palace and like that whole space was we call it was Dolphin World. Dolphin World. World. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for numerous reasons, and uh, we uh, we had a big board of uh, just band names that we liked, but it. A lot, like half of it, were just like celebrity pun names. Uh, Matt Damon Wayans is like one of my. Favorite. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, don't tell me too many. I'll st- I'll steal one. Shaquille O'Neal Armstrong. <laughs> Ooh, I, nice. yeah. Like, right? There's a lot. Of, there's some merit in it. Like I I don't have enough bands I can start for all the names that I want to name them. Like I need to have like 16 joke bands so I can have all these <laughs> names get out. Which like I I'll be honest I feel inclined to do sometimes where I'm like well maybe I'll just start like ten different projects musical you projects have, you should have a band for every day of the week <laughs> that's an interesting idea and play like and play, play different every, every day of the week <laughs> I don't hey I, what up Sid I don't hate that idea actually as like a performance art idea like yeah. having a different style band with different names playing seven days a week yeah. And maybe, maybe, and maybe it's not like, and it's different every week, you know. Oh, like, you mean you want me to give like, like, what, like, like each day is like the beginning and end of that band. Ooh. So you record what you do, end it, cut it, print it. Next day, same thing, and each day gets one of those names. <laughs> That'd be tough. I'd take a lot of. Uh, 
I probably have to quit my my new job. <laughs> I wanted to do that. Well, you said you said they were giving you time to play music, so it's yeah, yeah. I love nights. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, um, I, I like that idea in a general sense of trying to do it. Maybe a little like a little smaller back, but having a band, seven bands that I start uh, to play a different night, a different style, different night each night of the week, and then just do like a residency, seven different residencies in different places where we play a different venue. One night of those week as that band. Yep. There you go. Man, I got I got to go. I got a lot of work. Because <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not and not only do you you know create music, but you you also create art. Yeah, I do some visual stuff now. I like I'm getting back into the the visual art world a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like, so this is another like those breakthrough moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this friend, this friend Peter that uh. He's he's a he like that's what he he's an artist that's what he does. Uh he's phenomenal. Like phenomenally brilliant person. Uh anyways, he had this thing where we were talking about um we were having a work meeting and we were talking about uh David Bowie passing and he said that his big thing that he took away from him was that you can just be a maker. You don't necessarily have to be anything but a maker. And that that like his that was his influence from him that like the, the sort of the imparted wisdom um and that like kind of blew my mind a little bit uh and it's it's like uh, things that are obvious but uh i think sometimes you have to hear it from the right person at the right time yeah. to really have it sink in absolutely and that was something where i was like oh i can just be a maker like i don't have to like say like well i'm just putting all my eggs in my musical basket like mm-hmm. i'm just working on music right now i was mm-hmm. like i can make music i can make visual art i can make a board game i can like work on all these other ends and i don't i don't have to limit myself to one thing or i don't even have to limit my brain to one thing and i I think a lot of that is uh also just not being fearful of failure because there is no failure in art really i mean that's how i feel about it like as long as you're being true to yourself there's no failure you're just creating Mm -hmm. what's more important than just creating not nothing in my opinion yeah yeah that's 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 like so generally that's uh that's where i get into the, the visual art world right now where it's like oh well i want to make visual art so so i'm gonna i'm gonna do it so what uh piece are you working on uh i'm working on it's it's called a well right now i'm working on these like uh these these very small zines essentially mm-hmm. uh the dflm which is what peter runs um What's DFLM stand for? I have, I have no idea. I've never. Asked. I, I thought about that yesterday. I was like, I've never asked him what that stands for. Uh, <laughs> so DFL is like the the overarching, and then there's the DFLM are the are the magazines. So I'm assuming M is magazine. Is magazine. But yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, he uh, he's the one who sort of runs that whole deal. But uh, what I love about it is is this complete open template. That's my favorite part about it. Having sort of given just a template and said make whatever you'd like um i think is uh, like the coolest way to go about uh, a project how are they being printed uh he so he like will he puts them out in terms of uh, an actual like he creates an actual version like a smaller version just by um basically virtue of kinko's fedex what have you um and then he also puts it in the computer and releases a a like digital copy you can download uh so those are sort of the two different mediums with it. But the the, the fact is like the, the DFLM itself is like um 
is is very open template like you can do an audio version you can do a video version you can do like it's just have you gotten to that point yet so that's my next thing next I'm working step. on is is the audio visual ones because I wanted so I had this like when I first when you first asked me I was like okay I want to do I want to do a lot of them I don't want to just do one I want to like burn a bunch like I want to see what I can do if I just let myself do it and not think about like well I haven't done visual art in a while should it be like this should it be like this just be like no what do I what do I want to say what am I trying to create what am I like trying to do communicate yeah and just and just do that like just just boil it down to simple expression mm-hmm. um and so i have these like i've just finished like my f- my first one i'm mostly finished it's probably like 85 90 done just got to clean up some edges but uh i already did that one and that one i was just doing a pairing of i have these really old magazines and and i, and I didn't want to do something that was so uh, like overdone in the sense of like doing like magazine cutouts or things like that but i i had these two old sports Illustrateds that um that i got from my friend Emily and uh I was like had them and I knew I wanted to use them but I didn't know what I wanted to use them for and I got them like almost a year ago <laughs> I've just kept them just been like well I don't know someday I'll figure it out someday mm-hmm. it'll just come to me the way I, how I want to use these and so for the DFLM I started cutting out all of these uh people in these 70 sports illustrated that are like um I don't know it's, it's so it's so placid like the 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 ad campaign and ad marketing for for all of those old magazines are like extremely I don't, I don't know they just seem very uh blissful in a way mm-hmm. even the writing is just sort of um it's not it doesn't seem as dark as it as it is uh today wait you're talking about the writing in sports, in sports illustrated. illustrated yeah <laughs> so like it seems much more joyful and, and maybe like slightly um i don't know what's the word i'm looking for just like it's too it's too like and these are the things that happened and like we're we're doing this we're doing that like these uh very um i don't know i don't know how to put it but i i felt this overarching theme of these of the writing and the pictures of this being sort of like wide world of sports like <laughs> like i don't know just like an overproduction and uh so i started cutting out all these people uh with my little exacto knife i'm getting in there and and finding little bits and like finding little things like it would it would be so it was so much fun like I uh, I absolutely like was incredibly jived by just doing the cutouts because I would I would start I would start flipping through and be like okay I really like this picture of Moses Malone so I'm gonna start cutting out this picture of Moses Malone or I was like oh I love the way this runner's face looks and cut out the runner I remember there was this one where. I just liked this one phrase. Uh, they were talking about mining concerns in, I, want, I feel like it was West Virginia. They were talking about different mining concerns in terms of how it pertains to um, some sort of sport. And uh, I had cut out this phrase that I really enjoyed. And uh, when I cut it out and lifted it, there was uh, a picture on the other the page underneath of these swimmers uh, who, uh, it was a swimmer, swimming or water polo, they were in a pool. They were happy. They're obviously athletes, so like, uh, it was like something aquatic. But they were like hands in the air, like jived, like we are here. And I was like, uh, but it looks so cool, like in the window of what I'd cut out. Yeah. And on either side, it was talking about more mining, and so I just cut out the whole thing as like a as like a two part picture. Like those little finds where I was like, oh, this is so this is so much fun. Just to, like try and find Sid. find. Sid. 
Hey. Sorry. <laughs> cool. No. There we go. To try and find like these new things. Um, so it was a lot of starting with that. And then um, I've been trying to be more uh, stringent about writing um, and like forcing myself to write a lot. Because it's something that I really enjoy, and, and obviously, like I'm, a, I, I love literature. I, I like, I'm very avid about my my love of reading. And uh, are you doing creative writing or biographical, so, autobiographical? I, I think I think you can't do any of. I can't. I, I here's my feeling on writing, at least in like terms of how it's pertained to me uh, recently and and in my life, is that I can't choose any of those. Like it's it is what like no matter what you write, creative biographical autobiographical it's all those things or i guess autobiographical wouldn't be like yeah but uh it's all those things in one uh you can't write without it being all of that mm -hmm. no matter if like uh no matter if you're writing a just a creative writing piece a part of you is in that piece mm -hmm. there's some sort of experience and life experience that led you to that so in a sense it's all autobiographical um, yeah, yeah, in a uh, sense, yeah, for sure. So I, I've been what I've been doing, particularly for the DFLM, is trying to do stream of consciousness writings, where I'll um, isolate myself um, from from everybody in some way. Like I'll go someplace public and I will hide in a corner of like a bar on like a Tuesday. So like there's no one there, and I will put on headphones and I'll listen to like a Mahler symphony or something that I like love Mahler. So like, uh, something that I find really, um, effective, uh, a, a effective, uh, like, um, and typically that's like, like Mahler's fifth, I think is like phenomenal in terms of that. Um, what era is that music from? Uh, that'd be 19th century romantic music. Um, well, he like Mahler's fifth. He has this uh, adagietto in the in the fifth that I think is prime. Uh, it's the the storyline that I've always heard, and it's and it's something that I think drives a lot of my love of it. The fifth is it's a the the adagietto from the fifth is super. Um, it's where I'm looking for. It's it's really really romantic in the sense of like rom like romantic romanticism from from that century like. Uh, it's super lush chords and and big sweeping movements and things like that, but it, the story is that I, I've always heard is that it was written as a love letter to his wife, um, and I love. There's so many moves in it that I just like. I get like the the pull from a cello will like is like this tug. You can feel like the tension of the tug, and it's all. I love the fact that it doesn't just stay in some sort of major key that like it pulls on minor chords and these weird like color tones will pull like a seven or a nine. Like so much of it is like, uh, I think very, very profound in terms of a creative process. So I'll like listen to that and, uh, just write. I'll just, I want to think about it. I'll just kind of write whatever I want to write and go from there. And typically, uh, and this is something I found for myself in general. And I don't know if this is just, posturing after the fact or anything like that but um generally i find whenever i read back whatever i i have I've written um it tends to lean towards something there seems to be something behind it that i'm tr like something tied to something to my life that i just am not thinking about when i'm writing it but like clearly that's what i'm trying to say uh so for a lot of those writings uh it's I'll read it and I'll be like, oh yeah, it's definitely about that. So like when I was doing the DFLM, that first one, 
a lot of those stream of consciousness writings are uh, paired with some sort of anxiety that I've felt in my life or currently feeling or like or I'm dealing with um, paired with the and so I tried to pair those with pictures that um, pictures that I felt displayed that same idea or text I found within those magazines that displayed the same idea in some sort of allegorical sense um, so that like that was, that's the first DFLM that I did <laughs> it's like trying to do those two together um, trying to find pictures that I could pair together uh, which the the pictures paired together started from um, me and me and Peter have been doing and talking about doing these like uh, these mini art galleries in our our like cubbies at work. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned that to me. So um, I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't think I can legally say uh, where, where, but yeah. like, uh, so like, <laughs> we've been doing those, and uh, but like the idea I had was that I wanted to take uh, magazine cutouts of sports stars and and pair them up with nature scenes and do like a three D diorama inside of my cubby hole of those scenes. <laughs> Uh, and so, uh, initially that was like a lot of the cutouts and then I started getting into it in terms of the DFLM and trying to pair it together. And that's when I got a little bit more into it, but and you're documenting those, right? No, no, we don't. So we just, we make them, they're there for a week and they're gone. Uh, we like, we have, uh, people come in who are guest artists from the store who have their own exhibit. Um, it's, it's a really cool thing. Uh, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I've just enjoyed like m- the the actual execution. I think we we're uh, we're not phenomenal at the execution of it, but the actual discussion of it, I think, is what I really enjoy. Yeah. Just being like, well, what's a cool idea? What could we do in the, inside of this little box? Like, like and we. Not, and, but not only that, but it's at work, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's it's fun to like, yeah, to like make art uh, a a priority at work yeah. in the sense of like trying Especially to when it's not like necessarily a like a creative you know juices yeah like yeah yeah exactly and trying to just um well for us it was just like it started with uh we did uh it was called truck times two and we did uh (laughs) the gallery in in pete's mini box like he his box is probably one eighth the size of mine yeah how big are the box how big are the cubbies mine's like the pete's is probably like like six by six by six or something. I don't know. We always go by hands, so it's like four fingers, four <laughs> fingers by like, uh, probably four four by a finger. So like about like, about yeah, like a uh, like a mini sliding organizer, like an index card size. Yeah, kind of like if you had like to keep index cards. Yeah, so it, uh, a perfect example is that uh, in Home Depot can give us the actual dimensions. The flooring samples from Home Depot fit. Uh, very well inside those <laughs> mini boxes. Uh, so we like that's what we use for our uh, the floor of our exhibit. That's awesome. so we have a hardwood floor. Like so, we chose like a high gloss. We high gloss maple. So that way we brought a bunch of them because we wanted the whenever you opened it, the light to reflect off the gloss onto the the walls. Of course, I would so line mine with a rich mahogany. Yeah, we, so we were, we were very particular about the wood we chose. Um, so it's like it's it, it was totally Pete's idea to begin with. Uh, and then I just got so involved with it, like, because I just was enamored with the idea of working on art while I'm at work. Right. Like, uh, trying to just conceptualize ideas and, and some sort of metaphor or something like that. But we've had like, uh, my friend Cam got to do like a, a little gallery last week. 
in the in the box and had his his showing, and it's open from like four oh five. You to actually 4:15. have like ga- a gallery. Yeah, it's <laughs> open on Mondays from four oh five to four fifteen. Like, like get a message board like and post up. Like. We make like little like pages documents that are like uh, art gallery openings that like. <laughs> are very official and we'll be we'll say something like uh we've been working on the a larger one that we want to do in my box but uh we'll see i will see uh, how big is your box my box is giant uh like it's like um it's uh this is this is bad for for uh, for, (laughs) reference for reference but that box behind you right now uh is like perfect that like okay so like a shoe box yeah yeah okay um so we've been wanting to do uh an apartment a mini apartment inside of my box. Uh, and so we've been uh, creating, like we've been getting like floor samples and we get like a, like bamboo walls and things like that to fit in there and make this little apartment. We got like a little table, a little empty bottle of sake. You got like a, like it's all like set up to be like an apartment, but here's what we're going to do. Uh, which now I'm like bummed because it's like, I'm going to have to like, <laughs> like uh, from the outside, try and work on my art gallery. Uh, but, uh, they, uh, the one we want to do, we want to have the apartment, and then there's going to be like a front, uh, like like a little entrance before you get to the apartment, and that front entrance is going to be truck times two, and then it's going to be like three weeks behind whatever gallery, so technically it's in the past, and his box <laughs> is the entrance into my box. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, you have to document this. <laughs> this, is like, this is hilarious. We were just like. Oh, that's crazy! Like <laughs> we're bending the space time. Oh my god! <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's it's a it's yeah it's like you know fun st- like I I like doing visual art like that is fun. Yeah. Um, it's to- yeah. Totally. And yeah, that's absolutely. When I was a kid, I I made my own comic book series. Um, what was it called? I don't remember what the, I called it at all, but I remember that it was these superheroes that had helicopter heads, and they were like this small group of superheroes that like fight crime and bad guys. But I would do them all by hand, and I would make like five copies, and I would um, I would drag my little tykes table down to the corner of the street where I lived, try to sell, and set up shop, and I'd sell comic books, birdhouses that I had made and painted, and rocks that I had painted pictures on, and soda. <laughs> Where, I, where did you live at? Out in, I lived. I lived in St. Charles. St. Charles, uh, and it was at like the corner of Gallagher and Kings Highway. It was like right where I would set up shop, like a little inn on Gallagher, because there was this uh, like parking space that our neighbor didn't use, and I could set my table. It was like perfect. Set my table, and I'd set my table up there, and my little table, and I and my chair. I'd bring my boombox, and I would play Shaquille O'Neal's Shaq, uh, Shaq Diesel's uh, The Rap CD. I'd play the rap CD while I was selling everything, and uh, <laughs> I sold very little art. I sold a lot of soda, <laughs> which was like my first lesson in like being uh, being an artist. Is like I sold mostly soda, <laughs> like, like, but it's, it was like it's such a bizarre thing too because I was so hyped on it. Like I, yeah, I yeah, like yeah, it didn't yeah. matter that I like I was just like I'm this selling Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Got my favorite comics. <laughs> yeah, come buy my shit. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> I people I mostly up, came for the Shaquille O'Neal jam, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I ended up selling. I sold a. I sold some of the art stuff, like the rocks. Like I think people started like I came down there, 
people uh, daily. What like, would you um, paint on the rocks? Like, uh, like like trees, like little nature scenes, or uh-huh. like basketball. Do you, or have like any, just, do you have any of these rocks left? No, I sold uh, them all. I sold, sold them. They're in the public. All. They're in the public. Like somebody has like, dude, did anybody come by and like buy one? Like each time you had one, got a collection of Stephen no, they were, they, no one was that job ever. How, <laughs> is this like what? How old were you? Like ten, eleven? I was six. Six. <laughs> I was Holy like six cow. and seven. Uh, my I, my uh, seven year old hasn't hasn't moved into entrepreneurship yet. He is he's still. That's what I told people whenever I was in kindergarten. They asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I said I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That was my that was what I like. That's what I thought I wanted to be was an entrepreneur. Uh, I don't think I understood conceptually what that meant, but I was really jived on the idea of one saying entrepreneur and then two being one. And I wanted writing it too. Well, I, I was I I kept thinking like when I thought of I remember when I was a kid like when I thought of entrepreneur I thought of Magic Johnson and I was like oh I totally want to be Magic Johnson like I want to be in all these businesses I want to be like former NBA star and like it was also when I was gonna be in the NBA like that was the other side of it was like mm-hmm. I was I was on a fast track you know like, yeah uh, we all are at, at six like <laughs> well yeah well and the beginning of the the Shaq CD uh, is uh is the his draft announcement. You know, like with the first pick in the 1992 NBA draft, the Orlando Magic select Shaquille O'Neal from Louisiana State University, and like it goes into the into the album, and it's a. Uh, um, I used to listen to that like every day. Every day, I was jived. My brother gave me that CD. Uh, nice. And Peter just recently gave me that CD for Christmas. No, because I because someone had broke nostalgia. it years ago, and uh, so he, Aww. man, he's him and his whole family uh, seem to be these like phenomenally interesting people. Uh, but so he gave me uh, the copy of Shaq Diesel, and uh, he wrapped it in <laughs> this wrapping paper that uh, is made of. Um, pictures of kim kardashian's eyebrows from 2008 to 2012 <laughs> just the eyebrows just like a numerous amount of, like um yeah yeah and uh it's she are they painted on is that how they i don't know I, I i don't have no clue what they i mean the it's staggering on a on like a wrapping paper to see that many eyebrows everywhere uh and then so he had a, a, a mix-up with whoever he bought it from on ebay and they uh they like fixed it by sending him another uh, Shaq rap CD. So he gave me another one like a week later. And that is pictures of Channing Tatum's chest from like 2009 <laughs> to 2011. Just like a series of photos. It's I, honestly the whole thing. I was just like, this is Who just does that. He's, he's literally the most like he's one of the most amazing people That's I've, I've so met in my awesome. life. Uh, and, and totally like uh, a huge influence on me wanting to uh, like do different art just being like yeah mm-hmm. i can make anything like why not totally uh like i want to get by so the next thing i want to try to do i have to figure because i'm way behind the curve uh in terms of technology for it but i want to mm-hmm. figure out how to do some more video stuff uh, i have like video camera and i just never really use it but i've always kept it because i've been like well i'm gonna like i want to do something i just don't know what i want to do i want to like go make art with this and kind of fuck with it somehow and uh so uh that's my next medium I want to try to work with, but I'm I'm gonna do it in in partnership with doing the DFLM that I want to work with the next two that I'm working on, um, next two uh, magazines are gonna be partnered copies for me. Is this, are you gonna do anything uh, like online? Yeah, so those two are gonna be online copies. Like they won't. I can't. I can't actually. Well, I guess one of them I could print. 
is going to be the writing one, but uh, have, I, you, have you uh, created a website or anything for it yet? Oh, for the DFLM? Mm-hmm. Oh, he has. Yeah, Peter has that whole thing um, set up. What is it? I don't know. Uh, the 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 dfl.tumblr.com, I think. It's Tumblr. Yeah, it's just a stream of. It's so funny because it's like. He's like it's he's like you know it's not it's not like a like a giant thing but like it's pretty cool and he's like but we're you know we're we're pretty big in like uh, like Sydney and Perth <laughs> and I <laughs> so like uh, we told me that it's just like it's so Peter to like have that be the the grand market for the DFLM is like <laughs> uh, for any DFLM is is being in in Australia um, I thought that was really interesting well and it's like, this is the thing too that it gets archived at MoMA and. Uh, like all these different parts. Like he, he's a he's a bizarre dude. Uh, he's he's phenomenally interesting. Is like the best way I can put it. So these the design pieces are the is what's going, you're working on with, for MoMA. Yeah. And what d- tell us a little bit about that because that you so, so like is a little is huge in like a weird way. I don't really know a lot about the like uh, Pete it has worked with like a lot of different um, art museums and things like that mm-hmm. of that nature. Uh, so he drives a lot of it. A lot of this is me just saying like, okay, like I'm not gonna like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, of course it is. But um, I think he's always he's been asked to do a bunch of these different like sort of art projects for museums in general. But that's where it gets archived there in their permanent collection. Um, how that works, I have I have very little clue. Like, are I, you gonna be able, are they gonna fly you up there to see it or no? No, anything? I don't think I'm gonna be like uh, like the. the like on a banner outside uh, <laughs> but, uh, this is like a like what tight like what how is it tied to the to the museum like where would you find it at like inside i don't you know i have no no because no I, th- I think it's probably in some sort of digital sense because i don't think they actually send a printed copy of the of like a dflm to oh, okay. them i think okay. it's like the scanned in and then gets added into a permanent collection within moma that you can get to that's what i think it is Okay. But I also am just like conjecturing on yeah. <laughs> like I have no clue, no clue how it still actually in, still in progress. This yeah, is. and the whole thing is like I a lot of a lot of my um, entire life I've like tried to live by this principle of just saying yes to things and just doing them, which I know like they they made some dumb shit movie about that idea uh, a couple years ago, but uh, <laughs> like uh, it was like. Whenever I I was at I was at Taste one night, uh, I've talked I was uh, Joel Burton, yeah. Uh, yeah I was talking to him uh, at the bar and I told him this the other night I was like dude like you I don't know if we ever talked about this but they had this moment with you that like altered the course of my life and I like uh, like at Taste you know and so uh, this was years ago I was like struggling with school I kind of felt like I was over school. Uh, in terms of what I was getting out of it from what I was putting in, and I felt like I needed to change my course, but I wanted to do music full time, but I didn't want to go to school, but I felt like I had to finish school, and I felt like I had to do this and this, and I was felt very, I don't know, I, like tied to it in some sort of um, ob- like obligation sense. And uh, he was like, "Why are you trying to pick one thing? Like, I think you should just do all things until something works out." like yeah like like literally like that's uh, it and it's and it's such a simple idea it's not like this sort of grand idea but like uh, it's like one of those things it's like time and place yeah and he said it and uh i went to my car and i remember just sitting there and being like 
I'm dropping out of college tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like I'm dropping out. I'm going to go do music. I want that's what I want to do. I feel more centered when I'm just creating. So I'm going to go pursue that and just like that's what I want to do and I'm only going to do things that I want to do and I'm going to but I'm going to do them. Like if I'm going to like commit to something, I'm going to I'm going to really do it. And so uh that was like the mind-blowing thing that has now led me to uh like where I am now mm-hmm. in terms of my life where I feel like I just tend to do like 10 projects at once uh without even thinking about it because it's just like I'm now it's just hardwired for that. Yeah. Uh, which is like I don't you know I want to like be like uh, like sort of uh, create some illusion of grandeur in terms of my own like creation like oh I do so many things but like I I think it's just a matter of being open to doing whatever comes across I think mm-hmm. you just have to I think that's the greatest part of that's what makes me feel very alive is just uh, the everyday saying yes like what comes across sure like oh well, yeah I could do that. Uh, trusting that I have the ability to do anything that I want to do. Yeah. Which is like also uh, probably my greatest flaw and strength in my life is, is my, is my overconfidence (laughs) in terms of (laughs) being able to do something. I feel very like I, in in a, in a non, uh, in, in the most humble way and, and trying to be humble. And I do feel very humble. I do very humbled every day. Uh, I do, but I do believe like I can, I could do whatever I wanted yeah. to do. You can work hard enough to learn anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like I never like turn down anything, any challenge that's given to me. No, you, I, you should, you I, should I, do like everything that, yeah. that comes across your plate because you never know what it's going to lead to. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And you never know where it's going to And go. you never know what you're going to discover about yourself in the process. Yes. That's, that's yeah. what I, that's generally how I feel is like doing, and it's, I used to, it used to be just strictly bands where someone would ask me like, you and Shreve, you being like, do you want to play bass in our band? Sure. I haven't played bass in a band ever, but I'm sure I can figure that out. Like, uh, I play guitar, so... That's basically how I started playing bass. So somebody's <laughs> like, can you play bass? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> give me, give figure, me a bass. Give I'll me a bass. Yeah, I'll sit and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think um, music is a real easy... I don't want to say easy, but it's a real fluid medium to do that through mm-hmm. because uh, because there is so much, like carryover you know yeah uh that's how i learned all instruments that i learned how to play was that i learned how to play guitar and then was like well okay i understand on a some level how this all works and so let me learn banjo let me learn mandolin i like play sitar sometimes because (laughs) i have a sitar and i sit and play i'm like you have one yeah i have one i was when i when i bought my sitar i remember i felt uh i felt a lot about playing sitar as i do about playing golf in the sense that uh, you work really, really hard for like a decade to be really shitty. Like you don't get good. Like you just play so that you play a lot. So that way you don't sound as bad as you did yesterday. But you will sound bad for a long time. <laughs> like you, there's no, uh, there's no like immediate payoff. Yeah. And and uh, and I will. <coughs> I will never be good at sitar in my life. <laughs> I like have, I like came to that conclusion Some as when buying it. Like acceptance is the first step. Well, yeah, <laughs> when it's, and it's not even a matter of of doubting myself. It's just like it's it's just a difficult instrument that I if I wanted to be good at, I should have started 15 years ago and said like, 
well, everything else can kick rocks. I'm only going to play sitar <laughs> for the next like 15 years. And then I would be like moderately okay at it. <laughs> and the bar is just set so high, you know, in terms of like our, our cultural identity in America is just not something that we uh, have given to us. I mean, a lot of like, a lot of what your inclinations are in terms of music growing up is what you're surrounded with mm-hmm. uh, culturally. Yeah. Uh, so, I, and speaking of that, I, I did this uh, weird music experiment with my <laughs> with my nephew growing up. Like, so when he was really young, he's my oldest nephew now, Paxton. But whenever uh, I used to live with my brother for like a, a year plus, uh, and Paxton would have been like two, three years old at that point, just enough to like walk around and be very, very cognizant and. Uh, I bought him a guitar and uh, I would have my guitar and I would like teach him how to strum or like where to hold it on the neck. Couldn't play chords really or anything, but like he would like get the idea and we'd like play it together. Imitate. Um, And I got this idea. I was like, you know, like uh, there's studies about how Western children uh, play in 4-4 and like talk in 4-4, like play in terms of like, like playground play. Like they play, like they tend to like the rhythms they tend to do tend to be Western rhythms uh, traditionally. Hmm. And, uh, so I would only play music in three, four, or six, eight around him for like months. Just like every day, which is like, <laughs> just constantly, just like whatever we did was always in three, four. If I was playing music, it was in three, four, or six, eight. Like if I was playing something on the radio or anything like that, like I just like would only do that and just see if I could, if he would change his rhythms uh, in terms of how he like walked about his life. Uh, and I, I, you know, I didn't never saw. Well, I never saw dogs. anything change. I but couldn't affect. I realized the, the planted the, a seed. I, I realized <laughs> the scope of it is too broad. Like yeah, you can't, yeah, yeah. you can't affect. Um, even on a, on a deeper level, let's say of all the Western world really is pertaining to uh, to a common time, then you can't. That it's too. It's too broad of a of an upheaval. Like you can't. I can't I couldn't surround him. I'd have to surround him with people <laughs> like two, three, four. And even then, it's like, what, what's the point? Uh, right. It was just an interesting idea to see if that really was as effective if you like surrounded music yeah, in three, four. That would be cool. Uh, like, cha- change somebody's like whole way of life just by just a like a conceptual rhythm. thinking. Yeah. And uh, and all it really led to was just us uh, playing lots of like which is cool guitar just and just hanging cool. out. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and uh, trying to do a lot of like. Uh, waltzes just constant waltz in that house <laughs> i took uh jackson my son to the guitar center uh a couple of days or week ago oh yeah and uh get just strings but like i hadn't taken him to guitar center in a while like i got him i took him there when we got his piano and everything and mm-hmm. like but i just took him to the guitars this time and, like gave him like the kid size guitars mm-hmm. and like let him let him play with them and stuff like that he still is like he's not like i don't think he's very like musically like um gifted like he'll 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 play and stuff and we do piano lessons try to sure. keep keep it there yeah but like i love it because he'll take the guitar and like he'll lay it flat like on his lap and he'll like i'll do some like august rush yeah shit. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> love that movie <laughs> i um I remember when that movie came out. People were like, "Oh, can you can you play like that?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> like, no, like I, I never like no, I, that's like I, I started right. Like I, I started it like someone taught me how to hold it, and now I can't play that way. Like, like that's something you start wrong, and then you just work. You get so wrong at it that it's really right. Like you just like go backwards on the spectrum until yeah, you're doing yeah, your yeah. own thing." I was like, I "Reverse engineering, yeah, I can't guitar do, playing. I yeah. can't do that. That's crazy." 
You want to play a song? No, I'm cool. All right. I'm cool. Sure? <laughs> it's too it's too early. I'm like <laughs> I'm not ready. All right. I appreciate that though. Yeah. I like I don't even know like here's the other side of it is like I uh I so, so a long like a lot of times with my bands like when I first started doing bands very seriously in like my early 20s, I uh would write like songs that I could I could play out by myself. It was like like folk stuff, you know, like like a lot of like very folky I, I call them, I call them cowboy chords. Is what I've always like. My, my guitar teacher called them growing up. Was like <laughs> they're cowboy chords, like the very standard like C, C like C over G. G and, yep. Um, but uh, I stopped. I stopped trying to write for solo performance uh, like four years ago. I got this idea that I was like, no more. <laughs> like you just write, um, write a skeleton essentially is mentally how i think about it like so like a lot of times when i write a song it's like nothing like it's just like like i i love these like big stack chords um when i'm writing it's just like a one three six essentially there's no there's no fifth i just get the third so i can have like a either major or minor sound Mm -hmm. and it's low and so i can kind of like just kind of get a feel for it and just do like straight rhythms uh, but like it's, I mean, when you play it by itself, it just sounds like, I don't know, it sounds, it sounds very like uh, hollow, but it's supposed to because the idea is that uh, I am, I am a cog within a, a giant system of a band mm-hmm. and it gives space, which is the other great thing. That's what I find in terms of a collaborative sense. It's amazing to write pieces that are just skeletons and then go to someone and, and they have all this space to create. You didn't create, you didn't like. You you left them enough room to do whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. and and take it where they want. I think that like that's what I try to do with with writing now. When I write something now, it's just very much like I, don't know, just, I just started. Well, and I can't say that in full because I just started this week looking at trying to uh, do some more simple songwriting stuff and and do like cowboy chords again and like try to write some songs and just try to like I like started making a set list and things like that and like conceptually like maybe making an album out of it i've always like wanted to do like a a sufjan album i wanted to do something where i would play like 17 different instruments on a record and write this whole big i could never play this live record that's like uh uh like like brian wilson is uh is he's he's on my mount rushmore of people who have existed in the world in Mm -hmm. terms of in terms of music and totally uh i have always had this obsession with the idea of writing my own pet sounds, like of just being, of writing something very, very broad and giant and just allowing myself to like, well, I want to play clarinet on this. So I'm going to learn how to play clarinet. I want to write those parts. So I got to learn it and then I'm going to put it on the album or I want to like, and so a lot of me learning instruments has been just an impetus to like have an instrument that I can play on a record uh, but I want to do that. So that's my, like, in terms of solo stuff, maybe soon. Maybe I'll have songs soon. I have, like, six songs that I, I like, I can't really do in in necessities that, because they're just, like, they're just too sing-songy. Mm-hmm. And with stuff that we're doing is all, like, weird riffy-based things. Yeah. Um, and just, oh, in my, in my rig, like, the amp setup is, it's so gnarly. Like, I, <laughs> like What's everything sounds gnarly. Uh, so I have my my seventy two Gibson ES three thirty five guitar. I'm running that in my pedal board. Uh, 
and my pedal board, I have I have like a tuner. I have a DL4. Uh, I have a organizer pedal from Earthquaker Devices. It's like a like a church organ sound pedal. Uh, I have a Boss Harmonist, which is my secret weapon. You may have to cut that out <laughs> so people don't know that that's my secret weapon. <laughs> the Boss Harmonist <laughs> is like literally my secret weapon. Um, an OCD overdrive pedal, Sonic Stomp, and then a 10-channel MXR mixer. Uh, but I'm splitting the signal uh, in between. I have a Marshall half with a PV Windsor, like 150-watt head. Uh, it's like a 412 slant cab on the Marshall. And then that splits into... Uh, I'm using like an Eden 212 bass cab and and head right now i don't know what i'm eventually end up using but for right now it's working really well but um the church organ pedal i'm splitting into the bass cab um and the other parts going into the guitar yeah 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 and i'm like the setup that the bass player from volcanoes yeah it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. literally like and he's and he's in the, in he's the in band, the band. Yeah, so yeah. like but uh we uh we're running a sub octave from mm-hmm. the church organ pedal into the bass cab mm-hmm. so that my guitar at least sending a sub octave signal into there so it's not so uh thin through the bass amp but it's uh what's weird about it is that it's a church organ pedal so while it's running a sub octave it's also running sort of an affected sub sub octave it's not just sort of a a straight clone like an like an octave or something like that it's yeah. actually has some sort of weird tone hmm. to it but it's it's like it's so gnarly. Uh, it's my favorite thing I've I've done with a guitar in terms of like a, a like a rig setup. Where yeah. I'm just like this is. Uh, you ever listen to uh, Dead Weather? Dead, yeah, yeah, Dead sure, Weather? yeah. Like the the tone. I don't know the name of their guitar player. Is it the the female vocalist? Does she play guitar? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think so. Yeah, yeah. The, I, the tones on on some of their songs are just like crazy. So like just brutal tones. That's what. Yeah, and I wanted to be like, I want to be as heavy as i can be i want it to be really like i i want it to be i want just the sound of my guitar itself to be so impactful in terms of like a impendence um so that's like my that's my goal with that like like royal blood have you ever heard that band Mm-mm. uh they they're like i mean they're like warner brothers i'm pretty sure they're like a major label but they uh so they have this tone though of their, their dude that's just like it's just eight miles wide. Yeah. Uh, and they do like a like bass cabs. I'm pretty sure they, they do like a similar split. I mean, they probably have like six more amps than I do, but uh, <laughs> I soon, but you know, one day, one day I'll have all six of my amps up though. there. Yeah. Uh, but it's a uh, that's kind of like what I want to go for. It's just like this huge giant tone. Yeah. This is all. It's all very like. Have you have you guys recorded anything yet? Uh, we did like a one like a demo recording. Uh, we didn't like mix it or anything or levels or anything. we just kind of did it uh, at Gaslight Studios uh, on the hill. It's a new studio that's opening up. But um, Zach Gibbons, our friend, is uh, one of the engineers there, and uh, approached us about just doing some recording. and And so we went in there and just laid down our first song that we finished, which is like this over six minute long, no vocals, uh, just like. It just cycles through like eight different things, but it's like I, I think I can't not like I, there's some there's some level of me that will always want to have it be like if I could fit fifty two riffs in two minutes, then I would I would do it. <laughs> like <laughs> I love the idea of it just constantly changing and and moving um, to different styles and different things, and like um, it's not boring. Then yeah yeah, keep, I just I just want to be fresh. I want to be Ryan Waspa. 
from so many dynamos the he was the guitarist so many dynamos for a while and uh he's literally like he is on my mount rushmore as well um, chris played in so many dynamos right yeah, yeah yeah he he was uh he post ryan waspo when he yeah. played him, but um that band is phenomenal great people yeah uh but like yeah like i i that was like he was one of my idols in high school in terms of guitar where i was like yeah i want to like write that i want to write those riffs i want to write like where it's just everything there's not like a a certain genre necessarily it's just like it's just playing guitar with mm-hmm. a lot of freedom yeah so that's what i tried to do this is why like in singing fiction i would do something where i like we had i would do like like some sort of weird chicken picking in the middle of uh like sort of like I need a sign or something. Like a, like yeah, like some sort of like harder song. I would like to just be like, like do some weird. <laughs> author was like, no, you got to like do weird things, like jazz chords and things like that. Yeah, of course, I was like jazz. I, I, you know, so in some other world, I would love to just be a, a jazz musician. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not nearly good enough at jazz to do it. But uh, I had so many friends who I have many friends like who are very talented jazz musicians. I've been lucky to know by proxy of going to school for music mm-hmm. uh and they uh i'm constantly inspired by how how cool they are <laughs> like and the idea of being a jazz musician i think is like infinitely cool uh <laughs> and uh in a way that appeals to uh me as a kid that was super into jazz as a kid and so uh yeah. i was super i was in as much as i was into the music as well as into the idea of like man how slick like you know like i initially was into very like I, was, I loved Duke Ellington as a kid. Yeah. I like was I was in love with Duke Ellington. I thought he was amazing. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, I was like middle school that I got really, got really, got really into, really into, into like hard, hard bop and stuff like that. Hold on. Echo. Something happened. Oh no. Sounds cool with the echo. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. Thrift shops in St. Louis and like antique shops and buy copies and, and, and like and take them back and listen to them. I was really yeah. into Elton John too, so oh, I'd like yeah. go find Elton John records and bring them back and a madman across the water is like this is such a great record. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, Goodbye Elbic Road obviously is like yeah. was uh a giant one but yeah i got super i was like super into like the idea i like i loved jazz and i loved the idea of jazz as well mm-hmm. very enamored with the idea of being like oh, it's just so slick it's so cool and it's so the thought behind it of doing sort of these like uh like upper level musical ideas and changes and things like that i think uh within like a a completely different format askew from uh, even looking at doing like 20th century classical music or things like that, like that in itself, like 20th century classical music, I think is like uh, infinitely interesting from from like a, a mathematical standpoint. But uh, jazz is like this whole other thing; it's an expression, mm-hmm. and there's yeah, no yeah, wrong yeah. notes. And like these, the idea that there's like I just love the idea that there's no wrong notes. It's like you can, uh, you know, it's it's how you do it. Wait, there's no wrong notes, so anything I play, anything you anything play, anything I play, anything can be jazz, and like. <sighs> And, 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 and you know why and, and here's why because if if you are confident about doing jazz like that you like fuck you if you think i'm wrong that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's, like which also like plays into a whole other th- side of me that i really enjoy like the idea of like 
whatever. Like it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just creating, man. Like <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome, Steven. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, no problem. And chatting with us. Yeah. Because, like, this is this is amazing. Like, hopefully this will go off and go somewhere. Like, obviously I'm not, like, published iTunes yet. So give me sure. a minute. I'm sure it'll, no, you're it'll fine. pop up. Yeah. So <laughs> once once we do, is there um would, is there any kind of uh, music you want to send me that I can add to it to, to play? Just, like, a sample or something that we can give you a shout out? Oh, of, like, the necessity stuff? Yeah, of the necessity stuff. Uh, I don't know. Cause is that was, something you want to put out there yet? I don't know if I want to put out. It's so Because especially that recording is so um just, like, it's raw. Just, it's so raw. Yeah. Like, it'd be – it's – You've you've heard it like it's, mm-hmm. it it sounds nice and it's yeah, yeah but it's like uh, it's still pretty raw it's still super raw yeah. um I mean, a lot of my stuff right now I feel like it's like three months away from being okay. like a preview because it's still like we got to finish up a lot of the music stuff for necessities come back in three months and we'll do an official podcast yeah like when it'll be up on iTunes the, and, the, and then and the we'll board game will probably be done by then yeah and then we didn't even talk about the board game I know the board game the board game is like a whole another six hour conversation yeah <laughs> so three months you come back board game's done we'll do a whole spiel and, on Stephen Bear and I should be done on on my other DFLMs as well awesome so. yeah we're just getting the the this is a practice run and we'll see what else i can get done in that time too yeah. i want to work on a, you got a lot to do any other projects that people want I, clock is ticking i would love i want to get into <laughs> if anyone wants to drive in i want to get into photography and videography come, <laughs> come find me i want to do some things i want to create some stuff is there any shout outs you want to give before we sign off uh shout out to peter c raddest dude um he's doing the yeah he's D- the, dlfm the, the dfl yeah dfl he's a He's, he's the raddest dude he's so cool cool yeah so shout out shout out peter c um any other shout outs shout out shaquille o'neal <laughs> that dude's great he's great <laughs> my other my other uh like i i know too much about shaquille o'neal um you gotta listen to this is like a shout out to an already established podcast but if you listen to uh how did this get made? Oh yeah. Or how did that get made? Oh yeah, it's it's so good. And the one they've had like the two recently, the, the back to back episodes where it's Kazam and Steel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't hear the Steel one. They did Steel oh, as well. Oh, I gotta go back. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> did I ever tell you about Shaquille O'Neal in terms of middle school? What I did? No. Let's real, real, real quick addendum to this. Uh, I gave a presentation in seventh grade. Uh, we had to like do like a biography about someone, like some sort of presentation on it. Yeah. Uh, and you could turn in a paper or like there was like a couple of things and I I <laughs> chose the route <laughs> like especially like asked if I could do this I did a one-man performance of moments of Shaquille O'Neal's life when I was in like 13 and I uh, it was very I, I bet you can guess how many friends I had in middle school like, <laughs> I, like I went up and uh, acted out different parts of his life so like because uh, I I'd know a lot about him I like I used to have posters of facts of him on my wall. I like would study just things about him. Uh, yeah. So like I had these different moments, like I reenacted his first shot. I brought in a hoop and I like did his first shot and I like would try to mimic the way he shot a basketball. I did that. I did his last high school game, his senior year of high school. He was hit the state championship game, the Texas state championship. He went to Cole high school in San Antonio, Texas. It was the only game he lost. He fouled out. He was 50 and one in his high school career. And so I reenacted the game he lost and fouling out and how that much of a lesson that was for a young Shaquille Rashawn O'Neal. And then uh, <laughs> I acted out uh, him getting drafted and I played the audio of him getting drafted and came up and like put on my magic hat and like <laughs> accepted at the podium. And 
did him uh, signing with the Lakers. Like I brought, I made a fake contract and did like the whole thing with like the like this podium and you walk up and you're like, say, uh, and I brought a memorabilia and I just, it was like probably like ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes, and I just got done and then went and sat and back at my desk and didn't talk to, and continued to not speak to anyone. <laughs> what class was that for again? I- English. English. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was my beautiful seventh that grade english you never took drama did you <laughs> no not well we didn't have it <laughs> i did i did theater in high school but uh I, and I didn't I, I did some in middle school as well i did some theater but i was so i was so shy for a lot of it like i just um but like i loved shaquille o'neal and yeah. was like i mean who doesn't i could list off so <laughs> many facts about him i used to like i think i still could i think i still could if i if i was if i had to but I used to boast that I, I could name off as many facts as whatever his jersey number was right then. <laughs> like, whatever, during that time, whatever, like, he was 32, he was 34, he was 36 for a while, he was 38. Um, like, different ones, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to name off, he's playing for the, the Boston Celtics, I'm going to name off, like, <laughs> so many facts about him right now uh, and see how many I can get down. But I, I've, I feel pretty good about, like, how much I know and have developed in my knowledge of Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> One day, like I feel like, have you met him? Have you been, have you been able to I, meet him? I've never met him. Oh, I, dude! I don't think he has any interest in meeting me. Do you have a Twitter? Yeah. Do you got? Have you hit him up on Twitter? I've not hit him up on Twitter. Why I, not? I don't know. Like, I, I, famous I, people read their Twitters, man. <laughs> Shaquille <laughs> well, O'Neal. He showed up to cops playing basketball in the oh, in Atlanta or something. That was like so. That. that was so rad. Uh, like, well, <laughs> hit him up on Twitter. Tell him how big of a fan you are, and get Shaquille O'Neal to come on the podcast. <laughs> I. I don't even know like I I feel like I also I would want him to know that there's zero level of irony in my love of Shaquille O'Neal like, like that it started when I was real young and it's just been Shaquille I just O'Neal. love Shaquille O'Neal That's awesome. he's one of my favorite basketball players yeah. I I tried to be Shaquille O'Neal in terms of a basketball player I wanted to be this imposing you know basketball player I had I would do I would do the exact same moves I learned his post moves to try and like be him on the court oh man I, I would have been you would have like dominated me on the court. I I, I am horrible at basketball. I also like I <laughs> I mean it's I I, lo- I love it's like that that uh, like sort of like the sense of I lo- I love the idea of this like the running idea with people where it's uh, well you know like in high school like like the Uncle Rico where it's like I used to, I bet check it those football <laughs> over those mountains, mountains <laughs> like those kind of things but like uh, in middle school I was pretty good basketball player I was like. Uh, I haven't grown an inch since I was like 14. So like, it's like the exact, and literally me at 14. And uh, I, I would have games where I would literally crush the other team. And I, and I wanted to, like, I, I'm such a competitive person in all walks of life. But uh, in terms of like a sport, it's like, that's what's uh, encouraged is like, be very competitive. And I loved like the guy who was like, I don't care if you're really good, really bad. I'm going to like, just go full bore the entire time and if i end up literally beating you by 70 points then i beat you by 70 points and you should try and come back and be better (laughs) so a lot of my middle school is is uh me being a shy kid doing one-man act performances of shaquille o'neal and then getting on a basketball court and trying to demolish other people (laughs) doing like the dikembe uh finger wave in their face after i block them I said that I did that at one time. I my favorite one also was this. There was this team that we played, uh, in my, this like one of those eighth grade leagues I played in that I t- 
they were such dicks all the time. <laughs> and uh, I went up to the dude and I was like, <laughs> like right in the game started, I was like, just so you know, I'm gonna block one of your shots into the concession stand today. <laughs> and it was like, it was like across the hoop, like it was like in sight. And uh, and I like called it, and I was like really determined to do it. I was gonna like, I mean, I was gonna like, I had to whack it, but I was gonna like whack the shit out of it. And I did. I knocked one straight into the concession stand. <laughs> And it was awesome. It was like one of my favorite like called shot moments. But like, <laughs> I wanted to do it because in my mind, if I call my shot and then I do it, that dude's never going to try and shoot a layup on me again. All right. Tweet that. Like shorten it down into 140 characters. Yeah. Hashtag Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Hashtag like whatever you got to get. Like he will, he will read that story and be like, that is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah. Wanted to be Shaquille. I want to meet this guy. Louisiana State guy. University. Have you written, written a song about Shaquille O'Neal? No. no, I never have, and I, I, I don't know. I've never done. I've never done anything art related with Shaquille O'Neal since I was thirteen in terms of doing a one man show. Dude, which uh, you like, want to meet Shaquille O'Neal? This is what you need to do: tweet about him, about that story. Uh huh. Write a song about it. Tweet that song. Hashtag Shaquille O'Neal, and he'll come say hi. Maybe I've I've thought of. <laughs> I had like that, and I thought of I've, I've I've had that idea with several other people where I was like, man, I bet you if I like reached out, I always felt that way about about Rob Deerdick when he was doing like Robin Big, where I was like, if I wrote this dude a letter and was like, look, I'm like 20, <laughs> I love you, I love you, like, I love your show, man, I love your show. It would be really cool really if you just flew me out or like. <laughs> like like just do some level of that or like pull like pull like the orphan card and be like, like I'm sick thing. I'm <laughs> dying well no like being like actually being like yeah like I like, <laughs> I like oh, kind of an orphan it'd be sweet if you like flew me out like, but <laughs> I like could never uh, I never could do anything uh, like too uh, like I don't know hand outy like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah yeah like but uh I also always felt like, and I, this is part of that overconfidence, is like, I feel like I would be friends with anybody who wanted to fly me out. I'd be like, yeah, we can, Let's I'm telling you what, like, you figure out, and I think you're going to benefit. Like, I think we're going to be friends. You gain a sweet friend. We, I gain a sweet friend. It's like a partnership in this. Oh, you're brilliant, Steven. You're brilliant. Any uh, last words? No, thank you. Thank you for having me and having the conversation. Yeah, this you're was, welcome. This fun. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out early in the oh. morning too. On oh, your no, day off. Uh, no problem. No problem. It's you know what? It's uh, give you a reason to get. I up. should. I should. Like I, I'm. I'm normally really good about waking up early, anyways. But like, I, I'm good about waking up early on my day off. I'm bad about the inertia of getting out of my apartment because yeah. all of a sudden it's like, I'm I'm like sitting on my couch and I've learned six Rufus Wainwright songs on guitar. <laughs> It's like eleven. I like <laughs> haven't had breakfast. I'm like, oh, I'm showered. Uh, I guess I'll like. This, do I something. love the single life. You gotta love the single life, man. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's a thing for me. Like I like I get I get real into like my own little my my apartment is my little shell, and uh, within my shell, I like <laughs> I dare not leave. Oh, um, is there a uh, a necessities Facebook yet? No, there's nothing. Nothing. There's nothing uh, internet related yet. Okay. Um, we'll we'll just be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Once, I, once it's out there, you'll hit me up and I'll update the podcast and be like, for sure. Here's the website. <laughs> here's the website. Uh, it's uh, yeah, Go check Stephen uh, out here. Facebook.com/slash necessities sucks. S U X. 
<laughs> well, thanks again, Stephen, for yeah. coming out here cool, and, uh, and having coffee and chatting with me. Yeah, thanks for the Next coffee. Next time you're playing a song, now, it's going to be that Shaquille O'Neal song. Uh, well, I have like, the other <laughs> conceptualized. It's going to be something like very, like, I want to do like a 40s jazz, like. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> you got the biggest <laughs> yeah. hands. <laughs> he have, yeah, he does and have the biggest hands. the biggest feet. <laughs> It's a size 22 triple E. 22 triple E. Yep. Oh, man. Huge dude. All right, Steven. Thanks again for sharing your love of, of music and, and Shaquille O'Neal and all things art. Thanks. Um, we'll be looking forward to you coming back and giving us the update. On more things, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. All right. Thanks again. All right. This has been another interview with the Ziggs Magazine. I'm Johnny, and uh, have a great day. <laughs>